is. Why don't you just give him some glory right now? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm glad I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. My God is still on the throne no matter what's going on in the world today. Hallelujah. 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 It's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord. We want to pray for all of those who are unable to be here. There's been different people coming throughout the day. This is our fourth service. And uh, I guess you can kind of tell that by my voice. But we just heard a wonderful message from Brother Smith a while ago. I told him, I said, I don't know what the Lord's going to tell you, but if you listen to me, just preach it again. Amen. It was good. Appreciate the Word of God. It's good to see everyone that is here. Let's pray for those who are unable to attend. Let's pray especially. I guess we're all vulnerable to this virus that's going around, but especially our elderly and the sickly. Ask God to touch them and protect them and keep his hand of protection over them. Ask the Lord to take care of the situation that's going on worldwide. And uh, he would take care of this problem. And uh, he would stop the plague. 
and uh, he would get everything back on track. And I tell you one thing about it, no matter what happens in the world, God's church is still on a firm foundation. Amen. And I'm glad I'm in the church today. Hallelujah. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for those needs. Let's ask God to heal, to deliver, and set free, and speak with us in this service tonight. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, for your touch, for your help, God, allowing us to be in your house to worship, to praise, and to glorify your great name. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we come to lift you up. We ask you, Lord, that you would see those who are sick and suffering today. That you would heal, that you would deliver and set free, God. Move in this house, protect each and every one of us. Every member of this congregation build a hedge about your family, Lord. God, help our community, help our state, help our country, help this entire world, God, as we deal with the situation at hand. Lord, but we come to worship you tonight and to give you praise. And we ask you, God, to meet with us in this house. Talk to us tonight, God. Draw us near to Thee today. And we praise You and worship You. Clap your hands, everybody, unto the Lord. Before you are seated, Brother Chris, if you had set out the offering pans, we're going to set them on the offering bench. Just march around, give your offering, whatever you would like to do. Lord bless you tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. I believe that, I believe we serve a God that's still a strong and a mighty tower. That the righteous, they can still run around and about, and we can be safe. I'm thankful for the house of God today. Amen. That where His people can come and gather and lift up the name of Jesus. I know this world is in a mess right now. Amen. You can go to the grocery store. You can't hardly find bread. You can go to the grocery store and you can't find different things you need for the week. But I know that we can come to the house of God. We've got a God that can supply all the needs. We've got a God that can supply anything that we need. we just got to be willing to trust Him. I know last Sunday night I preached a message about the blood. 
the stain that is upon the doorpost. I tell you, sometimes we just got to plead the blood a little bit. And say, God, your word is still forever settled. I believe we can put some blood upon the doorpost. We can plead the blood, and this disease, this sickness will overpass. But we just got to be willing to trust Him and say, God, we're going to stand on your word. We're going to stand on your truth, and we're going to worship you through the storm. Let's clap our hands and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of God. So thankful for everyone that's in the house of the Lord with us tonight. And it is an honor and a privilege to have Brother and Sister Smith with us. We have been enjoying uh, what little bit of fellowship we have had together. And uh, glad that they have been here with us. And uh, appreciate the Word of God just a few minutes ago from Brother Smith. And I tell you what, the presence of the Lord, this is our fourth service. And there hasn't been many of us every time, but the presence of the Lord has definitely been here every service. And that's what really matters is God's presence, God's power, God's glory, and God's anointing. Amen. I can't live without the presence of the Lord in my life. I don't want to try to live without it. I don't know what people do without God in this trying and difficult time that we are living in, but I'm glad I have the peace of God that covers me in times like this. Brother Smith, it's an honor for you to be here. We want Sister Smith to sing again tonight, and uh, let's just worship the Lord. Lord bless you, Brother. Amen. Thank you, Brother Looper. Praise the Lord, church. Isn't it wonderful to know who Jesus is? To know that He never fails. To know that He's forever the same. Doesn't matter what our circumstances of life may be. That doesn't change God. It may change us. But it will never change Him. Because He's an unfailing God. He's a God that knows just what we have need of before we ever ask Him. He knows just what to do. It's been a wonderful privilege to be uh, here in Silsby for the past couple of weeks or so and get to uh, enjoy church services here in this beautiful sanctuary, a place that we feel very much at home in when we come. Uh, I admit this morning and uh, this evening seems just a little different because it seems like everybody's gone away. But no, not everybody. I'm thankful for those of you that are here and uh, claiming your, your uh, privilege to, to reach out and touch the Lord. I tell you what, Israel was in a very, the people of Israel were in a very difficult time. They were facing situations that uh, were not normal. And uh, uh, there was another plague that was being poured out upon the land of Egypt. But God instructed Moses to tell his people to apply the blood. Put the blood of a lamb on the doorpost and across the lentil of their dwellings. I hope as the people of God every day that you remember we have the blood of Jesus. Let's put that blood of covering on our lives, on our families, on our homes. And remember that God has a people 
and the Lord will put his hand upon his people, and the Lord will take care of his people. I'm not advising anybody to be foolish, but I'm telling you what, don't ever think that we have to put God on a back shelf somewhere. My God is first and foremost. Amen. Amen. We love Brother and Sister Looper and their family very, very much. It's been a privilege to be connected with them over the past several years. And, of course, we have highest esteem for Elder and Sister Duplissy as well. This church has a long history of, uh, of uh, Pentecostal heritage. And thank God for those of you that can reach back even over the years of time, maybe to a previous generation or two, and uh, you're still here. And you're part of what God is doing. And what a wonderful, wonderful privilege that is. I, I mentioned in the first service this evening what a privilege it is to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to know this is the church of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm part of that church. You're part of that church. Amen. I'm talking about the church that we read about in the book of Revelation. Amen. It's a church that's going to be victorious. It's been through the fire. It's been through the flood. But one of these days, it's going to rise, raise, rise up higher because this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I, I count that a privilege. I look back over the years of my life. You can be seated. And uh, when I was just old enough to remember, uh, I remember my parents carrying me in their arms to church. That's how long ago it's been for me. And I, I, I can remember as just a boy, a very small boy, in uh, the Apostolic Pentecostal Church, Sunday night meeting, Spirit of God moving, Holy Ghost being poured out, people dancing and shouting. And, uh, you know, I'd fallen asleep in the arms of my mother, and she laid me down on the floor so she could get connected with what was going on in the service. And I can remember waking up. And I'd wake up to those shouts of praise and people stomping and dancing and running the aisles. And we didn't have pews that were screwed down to the floor like this, and we surely didn't have carpeted floors or any of that business, but they'd push those old wooden benches back, and people would get to shouting and dancing, and miracles would happen, and people would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, some people think we've moved uptown. No, no, we might have better facilities today, but we're not moving uptown. We want the old-time, old-fashioned fire of God to fall. All upon the sacrifice, we still want a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We still want God to show up in our midst and change people's lives and turn them around. People that have been bound by sin, we want them to be set free from sin. And People that are paranoid, we want them to get a faith in God and in the Word of God. And People whose lives have been broken, we want them to be mended in the presence of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. 
was in the prayer room just a little bit before this service started and, and praying there and walking around that, uh, those uh, p- prayer benches and, and uh, the words of an old song came to me. Uh, said, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on the way. Oh yes, for God has promised that He'd open all of heaven. I hope somebody doesn't forget the promises of God. Hope somebody here tonight knows that His promises are still real and they're for us today. He's promised that He'd open all of heaven. And brother, sister, this could be the very day, amen, when God's people humble themselves and they call on Jesus. When they reach to heaven expecting as they pray, I just feel like something good. Good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. Amen. You gotta live with that expectation. You gotta live with an expectation that God's gonna do what He said He would do. Someone said, I just don't think it will happen that way anymore. Well, then you know what? I don't want to listen to what they say. I believe God. I want to believe God's report. I want to believe God's Word. I want to stand on the promises of God and claim every one of them and receive what God has for us in these last days of time. I don't know what will happen, you know. We might get over this little hump in a in a, a few weeks and, and be on our way, and I don't know what will come before the year is out or another year comes on. But I'll tell you this in the midst of it all. I hope the people of God will get a hold of the horns of the altar and say, I'm not letting go. I'm not turning loose of what God has promised He'd do. I'm going to make room for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to believe God to save my lost son. I'm going to believe God to save my lost daughter-in-law. I'm going to believe God to bring them back to the altar of repentance. I'm going to believe God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, thank you, Brother Looper. What a privilege to be with you and the church family in Silsby. We love all of you. Appreciate your, your prayerful support, praying for the Smiths and asking God to help us in doing what we do. Now, you know, we're kind of uh, having to alter some schedules a little bit right now for a short time, but it won't be long. We'll be back into to full motion and doing whatever God would have for us to do. And I've told the Lord uh, over these past many years that we've been doing this full time that if you don't go with us, Lord, then I don't have any interest in going. I don't go just to make a trip. I'm not just getting on planes and jet setting all over the globe. I'm just not going to countries that I'm not comfortable going to for the fun of it. I've been trying to get Brother Looper to agree to go with me to one of these countries. I think he will. You know, I'm going to keep on praying. If I get Sister Smith praying with me, the Bible said, if any two of you agree on earth as touching anything. So get ready, Brother Looper. You never know what's going to happen. Amen. Well, I do just want to say how much we appreciate this church family when I'm in other countries of the world or right here in the USA and I get a little brief text from your pastor to wonder where I am and what what are you folks doing and how's Mama Smith and all, it just encourages me to know that there are people thinking about us and praying for us. And and I can tell you whatever God is doing with the Smiths, it's because of people like you. 
that pray for us and have not only prayed for us but given financially to help make it possible for us to do the work of God all over the world. And I'm happy to tell you that God is still pouring out His Spirit. These are the end times. I have no doubt about that. I'm not predicting when the Lord is coming, but in the end time, in the evening time, I believe there will be light. I believe the light of the Word of God is stronger than the darkness. I believe the light of truth and the power of the name of Jesus is stronger than all the forces of evil and all the powers of the nighttime. Amen. And so I'm going to claim the Word of God. I'm going to stand on his promise, going to make room for what he wants to do and keep on shouting the victory. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Brother Looper, for putting up with the Smiths, making room for us. We've enjoyed ourselves. We just kind of get over there in that little haven and just kind of, you know, get uh, able to unwind a little bit and get a little extra rest if we're not running the roads. Uh, did have to make a trip to Dayton and get back here and or to Ohio, and then we did preach out uh, a couple of nights this past week. But but when we're here, it is a real uh, source of help to us and strength, and we appreciate it so much. Sister Smith, God bless you. Greet these wonderful people of God and sing if you would. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew eighteen nineteen, when my husband mentions about the prayer of agreement. The Bible says, in red, Jesus wrote it, but the Bible is all true. And he said, if any two of you agree as touching anything that you ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. If there's two that will agree, the Bible said, you can ask anything you want and it will be done. But you've got to have faith to believe it. I'm telling you, we have proven it over the years. My husband and I will pray prayers of agreement. I've talked to my grandchildren, and I'll get the Bible. I'll say, do you see what this says right here? When you have a need, God will answer. God doesn't lie. There's an immutable gift that God does not lie. Paul told Titus, God is not a man that he can lie. When you need something and you're praying, fire falls on the sacrifice. You've got to pray. You gotta believe God and walk with Him and He will help you through. Praise God. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. Let us labor. Oh. 
done till set of sun. We can't be lazy. Let us talk of all His wondrous love and care. And when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, when the It will be too late 
Thank God for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and Savior Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for your all, your mighty power and your unfailing promises. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You never know what the next moment is going to bring. You could be here tonight. I don't know. I just know Enoch walked with God. The Bible said he was not because God took him. He was walking along and he took one more step. And when he did, he stepped from here to there into the presence of the Lord. Someone said, oh, I don't know that I want to. Let me tell you something. When the Lord's ready to take me out of this world, I'm waiting to go. I'm ready to meet him. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, hallelujah. And there is a role that's going to be called up yonder. And when that role is called, I want my name on that role. I want to be sure my name is still in the book. I hope you feel that way tonight. Don't be careless. Don't get insensitive. Don't get indifferent now. Don't let the things of this life and this world get in your way now. We're almost there. We're almost to the finish line. Amen, 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 amen. Well, you can make your way back toward your seats just for a few moments. Uh, I came tonight intending to preach another message. But I, I, I heard what Pastor Looper said and I was in the prayer room just feeling like something good is about to happen. You know, I've been in meetings like we're in tonight when that uh, everything wasn't up to par around about us. Uh, maybe it was way up in the northeastern part of the country and we were in a major snowstorm and there was only about a quarter of our church there on that Sunday night. And But I'll tell you what, when people come together to get their minds on Jesus and to worship Him, some of the greatest services I've ever been in have been in some unusual circumstances. And the Spirit of the Lord has been poured out from heaven and great victories have been won. And there's no telling what will happen tonight in this service. Somebody may have come to this house and you've got a big burden on your heart or a big situation that you're facing in your family, in your home, on your job, whatever it is, I'm just telling you nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Our God is a big God. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think of Him according to the power that worketh in us. That's why we've got to keep the Holy Ghost at work in our lives we got to make room for God to work in us every day. Oh, yeah, don't get careless. Don't get insensitive. Don't get indifferent. 
I'll tell you what, the things of this life would like to wear you and me down. The things of this everyday world would like to distract our attention. There are disappointments and trials and situations that come along and the enemy would like for us to just kind of feel like, well, it's not like it used to be. I want the lying devil to know I'm not listening to his lies. I believe God anyway. I believe that God can. I believe that God will. I believe that my God is able. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm reaching to Him tonight. I'm reaching to Him in this service. I've been in meetings just like we're in tonight when maybe all of the church family wasn't able to congregate together. But I tell you what, my God can be in our midst with it as many a few. He'll be in, He'll be in the midst of people that will come together to worship Him. He said where two or three are gathered together in His name, He'd be in their midst. I believe the Word of God. I believe it means just exactly what it says. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. And so we look into the Word of the Lord tonight, and, and I hope everybody here has got your ears on. I hope tonight you've got your spiritual antennas up, because we're living in a day when the enemy and the forces of life want to kind of wear us down. They want to, those forces of this world and the powers of darkness and, and the voice of the enemy wants us to get kind of sidetracked. But you need to understand that our God's a miracle working God and that our God is still wanting to perform miracles for His people. You get to looking back into the Old Testament Scripture and all throughout the Old Testament. It's one testimony after another of the miraculous doings of God. God for His people. Amen. They faced some pretty tough situations. In fact, they faced some humanly impossible situations. But because they had a miracle working God, then their God opened doors that man could not close. And their God provided for them in ways that nobody thought was possible. I'm telling you, this might be 2020, but our God is just the same today as He has ever been. He is not old. He is not tired. His hand is not shortened. His ear is not heavy. But my God is on the throne. Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and He was high and He was lifted up and His train filled the temple. I've come to tell somebody tonight we need to see the Lord in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of the frustration. We need to be the church that lifts our eyes higher and we see the Lord and we'll see He's still high. He's lifted up and His train fills the temple. Amen. The miraculous doings of God are for us today, church. I'm here tonight. I'm a witness of the miracle working power of God. If we were to take time, and you can be seated, if we were to take time in this service for testimonies of miraculous doings, There'd be one testimony after another of the great miracles that God has performed for you or for your family members or for people that you know over years of time. Well, our God is just the same today. The enemy wants us to feel like that miracles are no longer available for us today, but God has given miracles for His people. In fact, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, Jesus said, These signs 
shall follow them that believe. And he talked about how that in my name, in my name, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's miraculous. I've come to tell you tonight, our God is still a miracle working God. And there's a miracle for you. And there's a miracle for me. And there are miracles for people that have come into this service. If you need a miracle tonight, you can have a miracle. If you need a miracle before the week is over, you can have a miracle. Because we serve a miracle working God. Amen. You say, that sounds good, preacher. It's just as good as it sounds. Amen. Now, I have to confess, Pastor, there are times I've, I've prayed and I've sought God and it didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. And it didn't happen always the way I wanted it to happen. But there is no failure in God. There is nothing too hard for God to do. Amen. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus told His disciples one day, He said, have faith in God. And I, I, we're living in a day where we've got so many conveniences and there are so many things available to us and there are so many, so many substitutes that we can turn to that if we need money and, and we don't have it, then we can go get it somewhere else. But what's wrong with trusting God? What's wrong with believing that God can still give you what you have need of because He knows before you ever ask Him? I've come to tell some young people here tonight that my God is still that real. My God is still that able. I've seen Him do it for me time and time again. And He'll do it for somebody in this service on a Sunday night. You know, you say, I don't know where it's coming from. He didn't say you got to know where it's coming from. He just said, ask and you shall receive. And he said, seek and you shall find. And he said, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So he told his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. It's too easy for us to put our faith in everything else. Faith in this one and faith in that one and faith in something else. But Jesus said, have faith in God. You know why? Because God is unfailing. Because God is unlimited. Because God can do anything at all but fail. And then we look at John chapter 15 and verse number 7. And Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then he said, you can ask what you will and it shall be done for you or it shall be done unto you. There's something about us being the people of God. There's something about us allowing Him to be at work within our lives. He said, if you abide in me and then you let my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Somebody needs to reach out and get a hold of the bread tonight. Somebody needs to reach out and say, that's my promise. That's God's word for me. He said, if I'd abide in Him and my Word would be, His Word would be in me, then they could ask whatever they want. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I told this Old Testament account in the first service this evening 
back in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings chapter 18. People of God were facing a severe drought because it had not rained in Israel for three and a half years. It was a pretty unprecedented time. It was a, it was a, a very difficult time because of, of no rain. There was terrible drought. And because of the drought, there was terrible famine. And people were hungry. And, and uh, the, the people of God were suffering. And, and unbelievers were, were railing against the God of Israel, and even the leaders in Israel that should have known better were were blaming the prophet of God. And oh, it was just it was a it was a difficult situation. But the word of the Lord tells us that Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he threw himself down on the ground, put his face between his knees. That's that was his position of of being so desperate before God as he began to call upon his God for an answer. It hadn't rained in three and a half years and, and there was terrible, terrible problems all over the land and, and, uh, you know, there were, there were, there were accusations being made that weren't even right accusations, but you know, an accusation doesn't have to be right. It, it, people just say whatever they want to say. And, and so here we are. And, and uh, after Elijah had prayed, he said to his servant, he said, I want you to go look toward the sea. Come back and tell me what you find. And, and so uh, the servant went higher there and he looked out from the mountain top across to the sea and didn't see anything in the sky, and he comes back and he tells the man of God, he said, I don't see anything. Well, Elijah was desperate. Elijah had to have an answer from God, so he, he said to his servant, you go back and look again. And uh, as the servant went back to look again, Elijah's praying, he's seeking God, and the servant comes back and said, no, sir. He said, that there's nothing. I, I don't see any, any sign of anything different appearing in the sky than it was when you sent me the last time. And the man of God said, then you go back and you look again. And he went back three times and four times and five times. And after the servant had been sent seven times to go look toward the sea and bring back a report, finally... The Bible tells us in verse 44, 1 Kings chapter 18, that there the servant came back and he told the man of God, There ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Now it's not much, you know, it's not very big. It's only about the size of a man's hand. But the man of God said, That's all I need. That's the only witness I need. Now he said, I got a message for King Ahab. I want you to go tell him. I want you to go and tell the king he better get in his chariot and get to where he's going quickly because it's going to rain. Amen. And so the servant headed out to find King Ahab and to deliver a message from the servant, from the man of God. Now, I want to explain this, that when Elijah instructed his servant to go and take a message to King Ahab, you have to understand there were no dark clouds in the sky. 
you have to realize that the wind had not yet come up. It was just a small cloud, a little one, about the size of a man's hand. But Elijah said, God's going to do it. God is going to send the rain. I have prayed for rain. I have asked Him to give us rain. It hasn't rained for three and a half years. But now He's given me a sign. It's going to rain. Amen. And so the servant of Elijah went to carry the message to King Ahab. And as he went, as he made his way to find King Ahab, the Bible, the Bible lets us know what began to take place. But before I tell you what took place, I want to explain there certainly was a bold faith in the heart of this man of God, which enabled him to ask God for some rain. Amen. It was a bold faith. It isn't like it hadn't rained for a week or two. It isn't like it hadn't rained for a month or more. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. But Elijah had some bold faith because he served a God who was able to send the rain. And Elijah was asking him for rain. But more than asking his God for rain, he was believing that he was going to receive the rain that he was asking God to send. And so it happened as the servant of Elijah ran to meet King Ahab. The Bible said in verse 45, the heaven became black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. It wasn't there. It wasn't there just a little bit earlier. It wasn't there when the servant came back and told Elijah what he saw. But in the heart of Elijah, inside this man of God, was a boldness to ask God to do something that most people said couldn't happen. And it was also a boldness to receive what God was going to do. And so the heavens became black with clouds and wind. There was a great rain. At the same time, the hand of the Lord came upon the prophet Elijah. And he ran ahead of King Ahab and arrived at the gate of the city, the entrance of Jezreel. God, indeed, is the one that sent the rain for his people. However, such a notable miracle actually came about in direct response to the prayers of a child of God who had enough faith to ask God to do something and had the same kind of faith to believe that God would do it. Amen. And that's the kind of faith we need, church, in these last days of time. Someone said, what are we going to do to get people's attention? What, what are we going to do to help people come out of a world that's so racked by sin? I tell you what, if we'll be the people of God... If we'll be people of faith, if we'll be people that know how to pray and get a hold of God and believe God for the miraculous, I truly believe that God's going to get the attention of some people in these last days. And it's going to happen because of people like you and me that have enough faith to ask Him and enough faith to receive exactly what He wants to do. There's another account of such faith. This one found, uh, as we look into the Scripture, we 
And there are many examples. I don't have time to go to all the examples of the Scripture tonight. But in John chapter 5, in John chapter 5, Jesus had journeyed to Jerusalem to celebrate one of the Jewish feast days. And he found a multitude of sick people. They were gathered at a pool called Bethesda. It was next to the sheep market. And among the crowd were those who were crippled. Some of them were, were blind, the Bible says, and, uh, and uh, others had withered limbs. And suffice it to say, there were five large porches, according to what the Scripture said, that surrounded the pool of Bethesda. And these five porches were filled with needy people. People that had problems. People that were wanting a miracle. People that were needing something that they were asking God to do for them. No doubt many had been carried to Bethesda by friends or family members due to whatever afflictions and physical limitations that they struggled with. And at the same time, others may have exerted great effort of their own just to be there. Nevertheless, the Scripture relates that all of them were waiting for the moving of the water, or for the water to be moved. For an angel, the Bible said, would visit the pool from time to time, troubling the water, and whoever first would step into the water after it was troubled was made whole of whatever disease he had. In this particular passage, John relates the story of a man among those who waited who had been an invalid for 38 long years. That, that's, that's a while. That's quite a while. Uh, that's longer than some of you are old tonight. And uh, for us that are older, that's still a long time. 38 years of being impotent, unable to walk, depending on the help of somebody else. On numerous occasions, this man had tried to get into the waters whenever they were stirred or moved. However, his condition forced him to depend upon assistance from somebody else. Furthermore, the Bible tells us as we, as we read the account that always while desperately trying to get closer to the waters, there'd be some other needy individual that would get into the waters ahead of him and to receive the anticipated miracle. And remember, the Bible said it was only the first one that would get into the waters after they were troubled that would receive their Miraculous healing. And so the man remained a helpless cripple. He would be laid back down on one of those porches in hopes of another occasion in the future when the angel would once again visit Bethesda and there would be yet another opportunity for a notable miracle. I have to tell you, however, on the day that Jesus showed up, and I, and I preached about that recently, about Jesus. 
Jesus passing by. But on the day that Jesus showed up at Bethesda's pool, everything about the man's pitiful condition was destined to change. As a matter of fact, in verse number 6 of this text, the Bible said that when Jesus saw the man and knew that he had been there for a very long time in this helpless condition, he simply asked the man, will you be made whole? No doubt there were skeptics that thought the question was very, very silly. Some might have said it was stupid for Jesus to ask a man who had been there in that condition for such a very long time if he wanted to be made whole. But at any rate, it could have been that Jesus was simply wanting to test the man's measure of faith. He had been waiting at the pool for a long time, but had his waiting merely become routine. You can come to church service after service. You can come week after week in the good times and in the rough times. But if our coming ever becomes routine, then we're going to miss out on something special that the Lord is wanting to do. And so he's asking the man, Wilt thou be made whole? Was it possible that the man by then was discouraged because he had been waiting for so long? Was his heart full of resentment because others had already received miracles while he remained just a helpless cripple still? You know, there are so many things in our minds that other people might not know anything about, but Jesus wanted to know, wilt thou be made whole? I don't really know exactly why Jesus asked him the question as he did. However, it's very apparent to me that whenever Jesus was speaking, faith within the impotent man responded. There was a faith inside of him that was responding. In fact, within the next few moments of time, Disappointments of the past and every obstacle of the present disappeared as he heard Jesus say to him, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. Amen. He'd never heard that before, Pastor. He'd been at the water. He'd been there a very long time. He tried to get to the water time after time. But this is the first time he had ever heard Jesus say to him, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible said in verse number 9 that immediately the man was made whole without the presence of an angel to move the waters without assistance from friends or family members that had brought him there to the pool and laid him on one of the porches of Bethesda before struggling one more time to reach the troubled water of the pool, the man received what he'd actually been hoping for, believing for, and waiting for all those long years of time. In fact, because of faith in the words of Jesus Christ, the impotent man was made whole that day. Someone may say, but he didn't ask. I beg to differ. I would say he was asking by virtue of the fact he was there. 
he was still at the pool. He was still waiting for the moving of the water. So as far as I'm concerned, he was asking. He was asking God to do something special for him. Oh, he thought he was going to have to wait for the waters to be stirred first. But it tells me the man had some faith to ask. And furthermore, when Jesus asked him, Wilt thou be made whole? It lets me know that the man had enough faith to receive what Jesus would do for him. Amen. And this is the kind of faith that's still required for us to receive answers from God. We need that kind of faith. David Smith needs that kind of faith. You need that kind of faith. Amen. As a matter of fact, that's exactly how miracles unfold even today. Time and time again. That's how miracles are going to unfold. That's how they've unfolded for me. I mean, I've walked into church services needing help from God. I, t- I told you about it, but walk right up to the altar and ask the pastor to pray for me. And when he anointed me, oh, it might not have happened, you know, like in the snap of a finger. But oh, because there was a desperation in my soul. Because there was a determination that I could have what God has promised for me. Then the Lord performed a miracle of healing in my life that has lasted all down through nearly 50 years of time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I told of some miracles in the earlier service this evening. I mentioned my brother Ralph, who... Five years older than I am, at 18 months of age, he was smitten with spinal meningitis. It was just one of the many problems, maladies, that my father, an unbeliever, was facing. But I've come to declare tonight that God is a prayer-hearing God. My mother had started attending Pentecostal meetings. She had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She had been told that God could do anything. And so when the doctors told my parents that my brother was a medical failure, and they gave him up with no hope, When they said he could not live, my mother kept on praying. My father didn't know much about prayer. The only thing my father knew about prayer was probably he could recite some of the Lord's Prayer that he taught his disciples because my father was not not a spiritual man. Oh, he was religious. He went to church once or twice a year. But anyway, he he didn't know anything about the miracle-working power of God. And uh, so my mother was praying and finally, Finally, the doctors, the surgeons told my parents, well, you know, if you want us to, we'll, we'll take your son to Boston and we'll, perform, we'll have a brain surgery performed on him. Now, this has been over, 70, over 71 years ago because in just a week from now, my brother's going to be 73. And uh, so they said, uh, we'll have the doctors do a brain surgery on Ralph, but we have to tell you. That there's only a 50-50 chance that he's going to live. But if he lives, now it's only 50% chance he'll live. But if he lives, he's going to be mentally retarded for the rest of his life. Well, no parent wants their baby to die. My parents didn't want their boy to die. 
They wanted God to perform a miracle. My dad didn't know how a miracle was possible, but my mother's a new believer. And, and uh, you know, she'd gone to a denominal church, and she knew something about God, but she, she certainly had found a newfound experience in the power of the Holy Ghost and, and uh, the authority of the name of Jesus. And so... And uh, I told it in the previous service. Uh, there was a prayer meeting being held. The pastor had come to my mother's home. And, and uh, I don't guess my dad was there. He probably was out on the ocean working. He was a commercial fisherman. But I've heard my mother tell this story many times while she was alive. She said that while they were praying that day in the front room of, of our home, that the Lord spoke to her as in an audible voice, and God said, Ralph is going to be okay. My mother was not familiar with hearing the voice of God like that. All she knew was what the Bible said, but when God told her, Ralph is going to be okay, my mother said, I'm going to claim that. I'm going to believe that. My mother went to the hospital to see my brother, and the hospital was about 80 miles away from our coastal village home. And My mother walked into the hospital room. My brother was so sick. There were medical staff members sitting with my brother around the clock. He was never left alone. And uh, my mother walked into that ICEU unit, and uh, as she stepped to the bedside of my little brother who was who was uh, in such a dire condition, my mother said she put her hand on his head and began to massage it. He, his body was stiff from the meningitis and she put her hand on his head and she began to massage it and as she massaged his head she worked down lower until she got right here to the base of his skull and when she got there her fingers fell into two holes she looked at the nurse that was sitting there and she said what are these holes in the base of my son's skull and the nurse said, Mrs. Smith, I have no idea. You'll have to ask the doctor about that. My mother walked right out of that room. She went looking for the doctor. She found the doctor. And she said, Doctor, I've just come from my son's room. Now remember, God had spoken to my mother and said, Ralph's going to be okay. And so she went to the doctor and she said, Doctor, I, I, I was massaging Ralph's head. And, and I put my hand down toward the base of his skull and my fingers fell into these two holes. Can you tell me what those holes are? He said, Mrs. Smith, I have no idea. And my mother, a new believer, said, Doctor, do you suppose that was God's way of working the poison out of my son's body before it hit his brain? And the doctor said, no answer. But from that day, my brother regained health and strength. A week from now, he'll be 73 years of age. He's a strapping man. He's been a... He's been a very successful businessman. He excelled in high school. He's been the mayor of the town where he lives for a long time. I'm just telling you, with God, all things are possible. 
Amen. Our God is still in the miracle working business. Someone can tell you, no, it won't happen. No, you, you just got to accept reality. You don't have to accept defeat. You can trust in God. You can call upon the name of Jesus. You can understand that with God, all things are possible. But you got to have faith to ask. And you got to have some faith to receive too. You got to be willing to reach out there and get it. Whatever it costs, Lord, I'll pay the price. Whatever it's going to cost me, Lord, I want you to know I got a dilemma and you have the solution. I've been praying a prayer. You have the answer. Oh God, I've got an impossible situation, but you have a miracle that you can give me. I've come to tell somebody in the house on a Sunday night, if you've got enough faith to ask God, then you need enough faith to receive what you've asked Him for. Jesus said, have faith in God. And as I close this message tonight, whether you pray from your seat or whether you pray in this altar, I wonder if somebody just make your way into the presence of God and let Him know, Lord, that's what I need. Maybe your situation isn't the same as my mother's. Maybe your situation isn't the same of the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda. But your situation is just as, just as important as anybody else's. And if you're willing to bring your need to the Lord, if you're willing to ask in faith, if you're willing to call upon Him and to seek His face, I believe there are some people that will go home different than you were when you walked into First Pentecostal Church on this Sunday night. I believe there's somebody at home that's needing a miracle from God right now. And if you let your faith reach out, if you claim the promise of God, God wants to do something for you. Even as we're calling on the name of Jesus, reaching in His direction, let's make room for what He wants to do. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody needs to stop on fear and doubt and unbelief. Somebody needs to get a hold of your promise. Somebody needs to claim your answer tonight. We're not here by accident. Nobody's listening to this service by coincidence. God has a plan. God's got it all in His hand. He knows just exactly what to do. That's right, that's right, that's right. Come on, touch Him. Touch Him. That's nothing like being able to touch the Lord. You can touch Him in an altar. You can touch Him with your prayer. You can touch Him in your home. You can touch Him anywhere, anytime. But your faith has got to reach beyond every fear, every doubt, every unbelief. I feel Jesus in the house tonight. I feel Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to touch the hem of his garment tonight. Somebody's going to receive your miracle tonight. Somebody's going to receive an answer to prayer tonight.
victory in this house. Thank you, Lord, for victory because of your promises. We stand upon your unfailing word. We reach in your direction, O Lord, beyond every obstacle that tries to get in the way. We come asking tonight. We come seeking tonight and we're going to find I know the angel We come knocking at the door. And we believe the door is going to open. Because it's your word. It's infallible. It's your word that will not fail and it will not change. Oh, I feel victory in the house. I feel great victory in the house. As me and Jesus ever But I don't mind the waters raging As long as He's my And I don't mind the songs I'm facing Cause I don't have to face them alone When the sun comes around me gather I know that he's in control You see I put my faith in Jesus He's the captain of this ship Many times I've known the feeling of being lost at sea. Lightning flashing, there's thunder rolling. It seemed to be the end of me. But just when I was good. 
Captain Jesus, you stepped on board. And I don't have to fear those storms now. Because I know my ship will say, oh, But I, I don't mind the waters raging. As long as he's and I don't mind the songs I'm facing Cause I don't have to face them alone But when the storm comes around me gather I know that He's in control See, I put my faith in Jesus. He's the captain of this ship I'm on. How many times I've crossed old Jordan. The day's cold and chilly tide. I know the angels, they'll cross over. To carry me to the other side The streets of gold and walls of jasper Are waiting there for me, I know So why should I fear and tremble As me and but I don't mind the waters raging as long as he's Holy Ghost power is real in this place tonight. And I don't mind the kind of glory of God, mighty victories, obstacles crumbling at our feet. Looking in your direction. I'm looking at the Jesus. I'm looking in your direction, Lord. He's the captain of this ship I'm on. But I don't mind the waters raging. As long as he's in my boat. I don't mind the storms I'm facing Cause I don't have to face them alone But when the storm comes around me gather I know that He's in control You see, I put my faith in Jesus the captain of this ship i Many times I've crossed old Jordan A day's cold and chilly tide 